Welcome to the Blackout Show, presented by the Guillen Grid, a show about the Chicago White Sox baseball, the good, the bad, the ugly. We'll debate what's working and what's not on the south side of Chicago. It's old school versus new school baseball. And most importantly, we're keeping all the receipts. This is the Blackout Show, another episode and another rant coming from one of us. I won't tell you who it is, but you can probably guess. We were supposed to start this show with a discussion about Luis Robert, but I'm going to put one of my co-hosts on the spot right now to start. We've got Ozzie Gian Jr. We've got Chris Gonzalez on the show. Uh, Justin Lee is trying to figure out his, his iPad. It just went to shit on him. So uh, Justin will hopefully join us whenever he's available. But in place of Luis Robert, I want to talk about Michael Kopech. And I I said this in, I think, a couple previous episodes that we've done. When are we going to take the kid gloves off of Michael Kopech? Chris Gonzalez, when are you going to stop backing up the lack of strikes, the short outings? You can battle all you want. You can, look, to his credit, he hasn't had good stuff. And he's still not gotten shelled. But Six of 16 starts this season, he has four or more walks. Three starts now, he's walked six guys. That's unacceptable. He's not young anymore. He's not a prospect anymore. He's not a guy who's just breaking into the big leagues that we have this long leash. If this team is supposed to be the team that we expect or want them to be a contender, you can't have people like Chris Gonzalez saying he's a number two starter or a potential number two starter. You have to ultimately do it. Gonzo, when are you going to just acknowledge that maybe he's not the guy that we were hoping? When when do you officially say, okay, we can't just keep putting up with four innings and six walks? Right. No, uh, Slavko, that's a you know great question. And yes, you got to hold him accountable, um, especially a kid with that potential. And like you said, even in those starts, you know, in the past month from May to June, he had eight starts and you know, I think only in two of those outings, he actually gave up more than two earned runs. And then again, in those outings of four more walks, he only allowed one earned run. So yeah, he's managing to pitch himself out of these outings where his control is absurd, just like tonight, you know, he had what four walks and not even two innings and he only given up one earned or now it's two earned runs through five. Was it, but yeah, that's not good enough to be up in where, um, you know, Rick Hahn traded him for Chris Sale and Mankata. Those two guys, you have to hold both of them accountable. But altogether, you know, I can't even just put on, on him because this is just a team that pitching is doing well and the offense is just cold. And altogether, they can't put it together. 
That's not the point. That's not that's not what I'm getting at. You, I'm not saying you have to blame or pin it on him that you know the team is not reaching the expectations or the ceiling that we thought that they had. My point is we cannot keep continuing to make excuses just because. What's up, Jay? All right, I'm back. I'm back. God. He's alive. He's alive. The fourth member of the crew. Uh, so Jay, I was just ranting about Michael Kopech, and I put Gonzo on the spot about. Um, when are we going to take the kid gloves off of Kopech? And when are we going to start acknowledging he's not going deep into ballgames? His control has not been there uh, over and over and over. Yes, it's fine that he's only given up a couple runs, but he's not going deep into games. You've got Tuki Toussaint pitching in the fifth inning. White Sox fans didn't know who this guy yeah, was a week ago. Slavka, I know like last episode we were talking about eventually Grafal has to lean on this rotation because for the most part through this whole season, these he's guys got have 91 gone pitches through five. Whole, what are you going to do? This whole rotation has gone hot and cold, hot and cold. Besides That's the whole team. Giolito for the most part. Well, so, I, uh, I, I, I'm the, I disagree with the hot and cold part. This is this is my concern with Michael Kopech. Michael Kopech today is a, is a poor man's thir- number three starter, four or five on really good teams. And when you're looking to build for the future of what comes beyond this season, even when he's not good, it doesn't go beyond five innings. So the maturity of being able to consume innings, okay? And and, and that's where the White Sox are going to have to learn how to construct because if you're going to go in with a rotation where two of the three, two out of the five starters are only going to go four or five innings, you better have a really, really good bullpen. You compare that to Lance Lynn, even when he struggles, he still consumes the innings so he doesn't destroy your bullpen. So it's not even about Michael Kopech being hot or not hot because guys are going to struggle is the fact that he has not convinced anyone that he is a starter, meaning does this guy have more value in the bullpen? That's my main question when they build out, because he's not a number one. He's a number two on a very bad team, three on a great year and his best stuff right now. He's potentially a four, depending who your fifth one is on other teams. It's just unfortunate. at the same time, though, Cease had those stretches that Kopech is having too. And Cease is a guy that I'm head over heels for as far as a pitcher that I absolutely fell in love with. But, again, he started, started off real well in the season, then went cold, and now he's starting to battle it back. And, ultimately, they both have gone, you know, six and under several times throughout this season. But Gonzo, yeah. I'm asking you a simple question. When, when do we – I don't want to say pull the plug. When is it time to say, okay, Michael Kopech is not the guy that we thought he was? He's 27. He's been around the major league since 2018. Yes, he had the injury. Yes, he skipped the COVID year. I understand that. But that doesn't just mean that we we ignore that those those exist. He's not getting it done right now. He has the stuff. Yeah. I love his mentality on the mound, to his credit. But I'm not talking about Cease. I'm not talking about the rotation. I'm not talking about the White Sox. I'm talking specifically with Michael Kopech. When do we start being accountable with him like we are with Lance Lynn, like we are with other players? Well, as uh, Gonzo, on on your note, and like the fact that you even try to compare him to Dylan Cease, okay? Dylan Cease has thrown 180 plus innings already in the big leagues, okay? He's done it once. Michael, I'll let you look up his innings consumed in his career. 285 in five seasons. In five seasons. And that's the concerning part. And that's the part where I critique analytics. I don't care about rotation. I don't care about velo. I don't care about strikes versus strikeouts, whip, F, any analysis you want to give it. Innings pitched, okay? You still have to play nine. That's the game of baseball with the clock, without the clock. And when you look at innings consumed, him versus other prospects, I'm not saying that he's not good. I'm saying is he is, is he going to be the number two on this team that's going to pitch 
you know, X amount of innings. Like right now, I think if Crochet, for example, was given the same opportunity as Michael Kopech, he probably would do the same thing with Lester's in the big leagues. Throw the same amount of innings, walk as many guys, and be a starting pitcher. Like right now today. Let's say Crochet will be a starter. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying that he is not taking that step, and his innings are going to be less again. So I actually have him on the Pantera side of Pantera's great. When is he going to play more than 100 games? Like the season's the season. So that's my take with Kopech of them having a really a really serious sit down with him and say, hey, man, like can your body take? And some pitchers can't. Some pitchers, that's why they become bullpen guys, Josh haters, and they become amazing bullpen guys because they cannot consume that many innings, and that's okay. You need to find that yeah. out that very quickly. Because if not, they have to sign another starter. Well, again, let's just like, get, I was just going to say, let's just be honest here. Like, no matter how talented Michael Kopech is, he's a very inefficient pitcher. And you're not going to get away being a starter like that going forward, especially where, like like Slavko said, you're not 23, you're not 24 no more. You're 27 years old. Pretty soon we're going to be looking at a 30-year-old pitcher that's going to struggle to get 165 to 180 innings under his belt. And so, if I remember correctly, in episode three, when we had this big Tristan McKenzie, Michael Kopech debate, Gonzo was making this excuse that 150 innings would be like a great season for Michael Kopech. Number one, if he continues like this, there's no way he's going to reach it because he's not getting deep enough into ball games. He's just, it's just too many walks. Number two. And he's fucking healthy too, Slavko. Like, well, this is knock on wood. Because it's a very fragile thing with this franchise. 150 Sorry. innings is good, though, in today's game. It's Otani, not a number two starter. He did it. Oh, Otani did it last year. He's a so DH. Did Zach Wheeler. And, oh so did Zach Wheeler. A guy that we wanted. Yeah, and Zach you, Wheeler is better put, than Michael Kopech. But would you put him as one of your best arms in rotation for Philly? Zach Wheeler? Yeah. He's got a sub-4 ERA. He was sub-3 each of last the last year, two seasons. Last year? We're talking about last year with 150. Last year, 153 yes. innings, 2.82 ERA. Okay. And where was yeah, he and the year rotation? before that, he led all of baseball with 2.13 and a sub-3 ERA. Michael Kopech's not done any of those things. He's not sni- sniffed I'm any saying, of those things. Yeah, but I'm saying if we get that, if we get Kopech to that innings, I'm I'm happy with okay, that. Yes, I'll take that. Out of- oh if I lose 30 pounds, <laughs> I'd be light. Like, because uh, Wheeler's less- done it. Wheeler threw 213 and then he threw 153, meaning his potential is between 153 and 213. Michael Kopech has not even sniffed 150. 119 was his that, last that, was his season he high last sniffed year. It. That's what I'm saying. He's not even close. So saying if he gets one, Michael Kopech throws 150. That's like a, an old school guy, Lance Lynn throwing 250 or right. throwing 300. That's that's the part that you guys don't get. You guys are saying like, oh, if, if Vaughn hits 40, is gonna have a great year? No shit. If Michael Kopech <laughs> throws 150, his number, he's not even close. Like he's not even like in the vicinity of smelling that. Right now, I'm okay with on Twitter when we're talking about Pantera. He might hit 40. I'm like, yeah, he could. Look at the at-bats. If he plays more than 100 games, he's going to do it. But that's why I argue with the Andrew Vaughn. Like, oh, people were acting like he had 200 at-bats. I'm like, this guy had 500 at-bats in the big leagues. Didn't even sniff it. So with Michael Kopech, the only thing I'm saying is they need to be realistic with him because if he's not going to be a starter, and I don't know what they're going to do with Crochet, and Giolito's up in the air, they need to start sign another starter and keep yeah. Clevenger, and, and then Lynn doesn't go anywhere. Because I, I, I don't care how bad the division is next year. Very hard to win a, a division or win anything with two pitchers, quote unquote, maybe a third. That's just the reality of the of the game today. And I thought, like when I say he has two potential, he has to 
clearly he has to build up to that because, like you said, Slav, it was what one nineteen last year. Yeah, but he but was what is he going to build it? He was starting that arm was starting to get tired at like what like. 85, 90 innings. That's what I'm saying, though. But he's going to build it year. to when. That's what Saz so, wants to know. I would, okay, so next year it. he's 28 years old, and we're still trying to build. And then mm-hmm. after that, maybe when he's 29, he'll finally have that full. Like, what are we? But what are I, we trying to do? I think this comes down to what really Junior was alluding to, and the fact that it's really an organizational issue building up these arms coming off of you know TJ injuries, like Kopech, like Crochet. What was Crochet's plan? Because Right before, or it was like last year in August, Han said he's going to be our starter in the starting rotation next year. And then, like a month after he said that, they, he has a fallback. And then, not all you know, when he comes off of that recovery, now it's like, oh, we're going to stretch him out one inning to two to three innings as a relief pitcher. So, like I don't see the, what the plan was so behind so I'm it. Going, so I'm going around then to then. So then, how come you guys said that Ethan Katz is a genius? This is the stuff that I don't get. The pitching is an organizational situation. So do we put that on Rick? By the way, I've been around Rick. Rick is not a developer. He's very smart, a lot of things. He's not developing pitching. Is it on the big league pitching coach? I don't even know who the minor league director is right now for all pitching. I, I can't tell you his name. Well, so well, who's, so who's organization? I'm saying, who's the organization? So when you say organizational, because before Cats, they had a pitching coach for the last 40 years, Don Cooper, which, which his pitching was, you know, his, it was better than, than bad. So when people say that you're saying an organizational problem, does that include Ethan Katz? Because you cannot have say a comment like that today, and then a week later say Ethan Katz is a genius. Like that, you cannot. It's either he's good and what he's doing, and I'm not saying Ethan Katz is bad. I'm just saying every time they're talking about a plan, because I would hope that he's part of those recovery conversations of when his guys come back. Well, let me let me let me ask you guys this: uh, Do you see a major difference in Kopech from day one? Then right now, let's just take this start in L.A. right now. That's the same guy. That's the same young pitcher. Like, so when is when when does the adjustment period start? When you're, you already went through the growing pains and you still got the same fucking the same product. So, so you're talking about day one from from his debut in 2018 or day one of this season? Uh, day one from 2018. Oh, God. I mean, do you remember how electric that game was? He was throwing 98, 99. I mean, the crowd, that to me is probably still more than Moncada. Moncada was close, but I thought Kopech's debut was, was one of the most exciting. It was the best debut in like, anything White Sox in the past 20 years. I, since Abreu. I think since Abreu. I Abreu's think, debut I, I, was... I, I, a, didn't, I didn't know when Abreu debuted. I knew when Michael Kopech 13. Debuted. Well, no, Abreu was a big deal because he, he had like a $70 million contract. They never sniffed America. I don't, I don't remember, uh, but America. I'm saying Kopech. Kopech, I can tell you, maybe because I was From a prospect, show, yeah. He was. Big, I mean, no. that was an electric atmosphere yeah. at the ballpark. Every single pitch, people were like, wow, the guy was throwing gas. Yeah. He was averaging 94 and a half today on the fastball. He was throwing 99 back in 2018. So, like, yes, I understand. Multiple injuries, lower body, upper body, Tommy John. I get that. Most guys, well, I don't want to say most guys, a lot of guys now come back with the same or better stuff, the same or better velocity because they can start from scratch and basically a rehab program builds them into the guy that every major leaguer wants to be. In a way, it's almost like a lot of pitching now, it's inevitable you're going to get some sort of major surgery, knock it out early, then start fresh and build up. Dylan C's had to do the same thing when he was in the minor leagues. (laughs) 
I just want to say something. So I know that you guys like calling out my guy, Tristan McKenzie. <clears throat> so look at Tristan's numbers, Gonzo. And, I, and I'm not looking at none of the stuff that you guys look at, Baseball Savant. Just innings pitch. 33.1, 120. Again, 33.1, then he jumped to 120, then he went to 191. Okay? So that means when he's healthy, you can say 150 is a, is a number that is probably reachable. He's at 10 right now. I'm not going to go out on a limb, but I'm probably going to like to see how those numbers end at the end of the season. We're compared to Michael, meaning if he stays healthy the whole way, this guy, and that's what I'm saying. Like when you're looking at innings pitched and when they're, again, the White Sox could be having a plan and having backdoor conversations between the leaders, meaning co- um, the pitching coach, manager. There are no office. leaders on the White Sox. No, no, no. I'm saying like, meaning like we're going to go with Tampa Bay and we're going to, our plan is to go in and have every guy throw, every starter throw 90, 90 innings. Because if you're a good front office, if you're a good thing, you do the innings. There's nine innings of baseball. Okay, we need to cover this many innings. We want our starters to cover this much. And it's simple math. And now with the analytics, you could probably do it, you know, Excel does it very easy for you. So you don't have to be a genius to <laughs> just run the numbers to do that. So I'm hoping that they do that because when you run the math on the simple math, you're like, it's when I give guys like like Lance Lynn more value. And you're like, Lance Lynn is eating a lot of innings that he's like probably not supposed to on other starts, even when he's like not very good. Um. So that's what that's my only concern. And when people say his development, development is like a guy that's 21, 22 years old. Over the age of 26, you're not developing. You're literally working for your job and you have to produce. Because once you hit that number past 30, so for me, it's just that bullpen situation. Is he a bullpen guy? If he is, he's going to be one of the most electric guys, I think, in the game. Well, if he is, that trade is an even bigger failure. Mm hmm. I think we're at a point to now where you could say Michael Kopech's best production was out of the pen. I think that's fair. I mean, he had, like a, he, he had a stretch of a few outings last year that were, you know, like outstanding. Um, yeah. You know, we've seen flashes, but we've never seen any like extended spurt of really great starting pitching from Michael Kopech, where we've seen him dominate for a stretch of period out of the bullpen. That that's sucks, crazy. man. That's like, crazy, bro. Now that I think about that, now that you know you mentioned that debut back in 2018, like that was a huge, huge, huge game, and the excitement was like, all right, we've got the next Justin Verlander, and he had the stuff, he had the mentality, he was the top prospect. Um, I mean, I remember, gosh, at the time in NBC, we were doing so many features on um, all the prospects because that's all we cared about. Like during the rebuild, they were losing 99, 100 games, like. We didn't care at all what um, anybody was doing but, in the major but, but leagues. Like we wanted why. to see Kopech and, and those guys. I'll tell you why I like them, though. And I'm going to be completely honest. I actually got to meet him and season the same White Sox fest. And right away, I could tell that Seas was way mature beyond his years. And I yeah. thought that Michael Kopech was carrying himself like, this kid's got it. And my this is going to sound horrible. Hopefully it doesn't come bite me back in the ass. I was like, the White Sox did not scout these guys. Somebody else thought that these guys were the top notch. I really do. I said, the Cubs thought that this guy was top notch. The Red Sox thought this guy was top notch. I was like, these two guys will be the one-two punch in the future just because they're not White Sox guys. Same thing I had Eloy really high up. uh, And then Pantera because somebody that I really trust in baseball. And the fact that Kenny Williams went out there and saw him himself. Wasn't scouted by any other scouts. Kenny Williams flew there himself and saw Pantera. 
I was like, that guy has real tools because Kenny knows what he's doing when it comes to that. Those are the reasons I said Eloy was not a White Sox guy and Michael Kopech and Caesar coming from other organizations. Other teams like them. I like those. I like my odds. And then when I met them personally, I thought the way that they carried themselves. And by the way, two very different personalities. But I was like, they both have big league makeup. And I know that I'm weird with that. When I talk to guys, when I meet guys, I'm like, hmm, this guy looks like he can, you know, we, we can work with this. Like, I think this guy has something that's there. And I still think that he has that. Again, not with his injuries and the way that it comes for him. They got to find the best spot for him to shine. And it could be a great story like uh, like a hater or somebody that had a great relief career or is having a great relief career when becoming a starting pitching didn't even work out because of stamina or, or whatever reason. And then maybe they flip flop him in crochet again. Uh, another reason why you probably could trade a lot of these bullpen guys, if that's the plan. Any final thoughts on Kopech? Gonzo, I'll give you the floor since I put you on the spot. Yeah. Well, you got to figure it out because as of next no, year, you got to figure it out. You're the stand. <laughs> as of next year, going into 2024, you only have likely season Kopech on your, depth chart and your rotation so yeah you han needs to figure it out what he's gonna do at the trade deadline with several of these pitchers um but again you gotta start building and how you're gonna do that it's a tough position that han has has ever been in um to this point and i don't see it getting any better but for the hope of my sandy as a fan i really hope he can figure it out if he's gonna stay here he i mean he put him there they Mm -hmm. did it before with two guys james Garland and Mark Burley, and they got rid of everybody else. You can do it if they have a number he, two. Which I feel He's, like you, if you have a competent GM, you absolutely can do it. But I, I don't have any faith left in Han. Uh, so number one in most walks by a, this is live statistics I'm looking at right now. Number one in Major League Baseball, most walks. Michael Kopech, 49 walks in 86 innings. That's insane. Number five most walks. Dylan Cease. Who's it? Uh, I mean, he's tied with Otani to his credit. Uh, and then number 13, Lance Lynn. It's a problem. Yeah, so that's a problem. Walk a, they walk a lot of guys, but they don't they don't walk a lot themselves. Uh, by the way, I see the future right here. Is that a Jake Berger first baseman glove? Oh, Otani oh. just did it again. My God. He, he just hit another bomb. Off a of Uh He's I, got, I, I, I think, six late. home I'm runs late. in five games now against by the By the way, talking, I know, I know it's not part of the, the, the show, but I really like this pickup of Toisant. Um, like a, he was a like, top prospect for the oh, Braves. He was a huge prospect, huge prospect yeah. for the Braves. He just couldn't, again, couldn't figure out the zone. Not a lot of innings to let him go. I thought oh, Cleveland he'll fit let him perfect go on the White Sox. Then I'm just saying, but as like a fixer, Quato, upper, I like Quato. No, 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 no. Because he's got way better. Again, this is a funny part. You guys are all analytics guys. Nobody looked up his 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 stuff because <laughs> nobody told, not, oh hey. because no one's told you that his stuff is good. That's why nobody on Twitter has said that his stuff is good. Analytic players, people that love analytics need somebody to tell them, this guy's got great stuff analytical-wise. And everybody's, oh, yeah, yeah this guy's stuff's nasty. No one goes in. This guy's stuff, just his stuff, he doesn't know where it's going, is really, really good. It's like an Andrew Cisco. You have to take a chance on him. Look at his size. Look at his, you know, he's just a monster. Oh, there's a name, Andrew Cisco. <laughs> Only guy Don uh, Cooper couldn't fix. Mike McDougal. The two McDougal guys that was, came from Kansas City. McDougal wasn't as bad as Cisco. Cisco was a a, a complete. Well, Cisco again, was a project. Project. He, I thought, I literally thought I saw him fix a lot of guys. I, I had a lot of hope on him because of what he did with Jose Contreras. Saw it on a daily basis. And when you talk about guys throwing very very hard, 
but having no clue whatsoever where it was going, that was poor Andrew Cisco. Imagine seeing a guy hit 97, 98, 96 on the gun like it was nothing, but it could not find control. What that's how good major league baseball hitters are. This guy was just like a freak show, size OJ, wise, you, P wise. OJ, if we give you 10 tries, you could get a hit off Andrew Cisco. Hell no, you can give me you can give me 45 tries. I don't think I could. Number one, I'd be scared because he doesn't know where, <laughs> he doesn't know one, where it's going. He doesn't know where it's going. Number two, he looks like a scary human being. Probably one of the scariest guys Ozzy ever managed of just presence himself. Great guy, but just very scary looking. And like six eight, right? Big, dude, just humongous, brick bald, house, bald dude. head, just, just like. So he's like Kane from WWE. Yes, yes, yeah. he is like a yes, yes, and he was very quiet, and he had his tattoos, and he was like, he was a very intimidating factor. Like this guy could hurt you, and when he was on the mound, he was very, and he was extremely like he was like a tough guy on the on the mound. So mm-hmm. very loud when he was throwing, a lot of sounds, just a very uncomfortable at bat, and that's what the Sox were like. If this guy could just throw two strikes a batter. He's going to strike the guy out because no one's going to want to face him, but they couldn't fix him. Uh, all right, last thought on Kopech since Juan Diego, shout out to Juan Diego for always uh, listening and watching with us. He asked, uh, most home runs allowed. Yusei Kikuchi, number one with 20. Lance Lynn tied for second with 19 home runs allowed. Kopech sixth with 17. Again, Jesus. not not great. And Giolito's given up 14 bombs. So... <sighs> Don't look at the stats was, if you want to feel any better about the White Sox. That, that's for and, sure. And Gonzo's trying to send Giolito to Seattle. You got to get something if you're just going to let him walk. Do you think, <laughs> I, right. by the way, I, do you think that they're having that conversation? And this is and this, and this goes they back better to the topic. I'm saying like, no, no, I'm saying like, like if you're that close, with everyone talks about being close. And we saw Giolito's dad's post. And like, do you think anyone's built enough rapport? With Giolito, where they're like, "Hey, we're gonna trade and then sign you." Like, do you think like they're they're like they're open enough to do that with Giolito that they won't get out that they said that, or do you think that they won't even try that and they're just gonna let him like either just try signing him like they won't try to pull one of those off? Justin knows the Giolito trade I want because I know okay, for Freddie so Garcia. Share with the family. No, what I'm the hell like, you holding secrets by the way, for? With Freddie Garcia, they said if the if I get traded to the White Sox, I will sign on the spot when I get there. Hey, he will sign. Because I knew Freddie wasn't going to be like, oh, no. Like, that, you just ask him and say, hey, man, what do you really want? Like, yeah. I've seen yeah. it happen. With AJ, they did it. AJ, there were negotiations. It was like, uh, this is what we need from you because of, like, the structure of the team and the contracts and the way that they were making money. And he was very involved in his signing. And, and I know that his deal, and he, I, the other day he tweeted about it, about he took less money. and But that was, like, between them. Like, they went and, like, they told him, hey, this is the situation that we're in. If we sign you, we can't sign X, Y, and Z. So we need to, it was like one of those paint, like uh, Tom Brady type moments, but you can't have those conversations with a player unless you really, really trust them because it could backfire on you and say, you know, we're going to trade you, but then, you know, we might want to sign you or we don't want the situation. You, is that the situation you want to go into with Giolito though? I, I just think bad feelings. I just like, well, dude, we're not trading you because we hate you or don't like you. We're trading you because we're going to get value back and we're going to go in the off season. And we've been sleeping together for the past six years. I want to get first dibs on you when we want to. I want to marry you. I want to extend you. So don't like not answer my phone when I call you. Like let oh, me. Have but that's the first that's shot. not what the situation is with the White Sox. Like it's right now. It's basically saying like we know we don't agree on what your value is and what you think your value is. So we have to trade you to get something back. That's where the White Sox are at with Giolito. If they're that far apart on I want X amount and we're going to offer you Z amount. 
then there's nothing you can do. You either have to give him a qualifying offer and potentially be stuck with an angry guy for one more year at 19, 20 million, whatever that might be. And if he does sign elsewhere, you might get a second, third round pick, whatever it is. You, to me, if even if you're four and a half games back or even closer, if you know he's walking this winter, you have to trade him. Oh, you have if to. You you can, if you can get something, someone as like a fill-in in a trade, get a prospect or two, and then get a guy who can eat you some innings and maybe give you a chance, then that's what you have to do if you still think you have a shot at the division. But, I mean, I'm this is calling, just the spot that they put themselves in. I'm calling the Dodgers, and I'm going to try to get Dalton rushing. Sounds great. Yeah, never. I think I, I think with I think with Lucas, I think the part that's him for for him, if he goes hey, elsewhere, do, his what's the website with the with the trade values? I can look it up. Baseball trade value. Oh yeah, super super obvious. Well, Gonzo, that was better than the trade you told me earlier. You was going to try to send Giolito to Kansas City for Terrence Gore, <laughs> Alcides Escobar, and Wade Davis. But I have a question: Is he a the prospect? ghost of Billy like, Butler? By the way, is he a prospect like Popeye <laughs> is a prospect, or is this like a what? like I got? Is he a prospect on the guy on the Dodgers? Is he a prospect like you're disrespectful, pros- or is he a you're prospect like Popeye is a prospect? Your guy Popeye. So right now, without the spinach, by the way. So the Dodgers have two catching prospects, Carterea and Rushing. Rushing's the second prospect, but he's the futures game representative of the Dodgers. Oh, this sounds just like the Boston trade. Do you remember who was the futures representative for the Red Sox? And the White Sox fans said, we screwed them. We got together, went to the futures game. It sounds just like the Boston trade for for Devin Moncada. For a rental and Giolito, I'm all up for that. I'm just saying, you're not going to get a top prospect for you're a rental. You're not going to get a top like, prospect just for a rental. Just get that out of your out. mind right now, they especially at a premium point. position no. like catcher. No, but they're not. They, they have enough to give away for catching. Because rushing's not the guy that they're first bringing up is Cartreo. This is, this again, the, I don't care who they're going to get. The, the story and they're going to have to probably trade Smith. It's not going to happen. They're, it's going to be like a Jose Contreras for Esteban Loaiza type trade. If it, I mean, you know it's a did, rental player. What did the Blue Jays get for Varsho? Well, Varsho's four, like 24, 25 years old. Yeah. He plays every yeah. position. They traded. That's uh, not at all the same Gabriel thing. You have Moreno. tons of control. You have one year of control on Giolito. And here's the thing. If he if he goes to a pennant race, okay, his money is will act will will 2x be in a pennant race run if he pitches well. We've seen what, what happens when guys go elsewhere. And they get that playoff TV time that you know that you pitch well, and they know that he's healthy. It will w. It, it will make his value a lot higher. So it'll be that much harder to sign him. I just feel. I feel it's possible with the need for pitching at the deadline. Well, there's no with one. The pitching that's out there. Gonzo, tell me everything you know about Dalton rushing. And okay, by the way, this Trade Values website has um, rushing as. Now. It's 21 versus Giolito, just under 15. I don't know what those mean. But, but the guy's never pitched in the big leagues, but it's only a 21 to 15. Oh, no, he's a catcher. Oh, so no, yeah, no. Okay, he's so he's a catcher. catcher. So, But he's never yeah. called in the big leagues, but he's only five points away from a guy that has been pitching in the big leagues for the past seven years. Again, look at Montgomery's value. Well, Mon- Dude, Montgomery? Oh, my God. No, just just wait for this to blow look, your he, mind. Because they, because they keep selling him. You know right, what Montgomery look, is? I'm like, pulling like it up. 47.5. Heavy- 
which means he is triple the value of Lucas Giolito. That is nuts. That is that is like you are on like you are if you go by that you are Montgomery is the great white heavyweight hope. You've seen the the, the boxing in the boxing world. Version wanted, 9.0. They want him to be so good because they want him to be a shortstop and they want him to work out so well. How is that guy and again we got to go to our next subject. How is a guy who's never played triple A baseball have three times the value of a pitcher who is probably going to get a hundred million dollars in a premier position like pitching? That's where analytics is mind blowing crazy. There's guys that would hit better than Montgomery that are hitting two fifteen, who get want to get run out of town. Named John Moncada. I'm going to go on a limb and I'm going to say Moncada looked way better than Montgomery ever did in the minor league system. Oh my oh, god. Oh yeah. Well that's not even that's not even that's a discussion. What I'm saying, so when you compare and this guy's struggling in the big leagues. He he literally played well one really good year and he's been like average the rest of the time holding for hope with elite defense and we want to run him out of town. But this guy named Montgomery has three times the value of Lucas Giolito yet I'm I I never even seen him play and I can go off the limb saying that he's not better than Moncada in in the minor leagues. Oh yeah, I mean that's just that's Moncada made AAA look like like, like he was him in and the Pantera, like him and Pantera made that when you would put the, the highlights would go on TV and you see these two guys in the minor leagues, you're like, oh my god, stop wasting their time, hmm. just bring them up to the big leagues yeah. because that level is completed at one thousand percent. But yeah, that that trade value three times. I will never be looking at that website, but thanks. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Gregory Santos and Tuki Tucson have given up a couple runs here in the seventh. Sox down four to one to the Angels as we tape this. Uh, the frustration continues. Um, all right, so we were supposed to start this show talking about Luis Robert, and we've now gone half an hour talking about pitching. Anyway, <laughs> so Luis Robert has had a hell of a little few weeks here. Um, and realistically, like the month of May and June, he's been outstanding. I think his OPS is over a thousand, both of those months. And I know, you know, I know junior is going to have a field day with this one. White Sox fans love to throw around superstar and this and top 10 player and get him in the home run derby and all-star game and blah, blah, blah. And while I understand, and that's all well and good and that's exciting, it's the same thing we were talking about with Kopech, same thing we are talking about with anybody else who's just had flashes. Luis Robert has had flashes of great, great, great play on both hitting and fielding. Right now, he's like top 10 in war in home runs, extra base hits, plus outs above average in center field. Like he's gold glove and silver slugger and all-star. Like he's doing it. 22 home runs like with ease, and they come in bunches. And we've seen that this past week. Good. It's about time. It's about time we're seeing it regularly. Number one, let's see him do it over the course of a full season and then repeat that once teams, which kind of leads into number two. Why is anyone throwing him a strike at all? Is there any reason to throw him anything but sliders off the plate? Because you know he's going to chase it. Why are you throwing any fastball remotely close to the strike zone? That's just bad scouting, bad pitching execution, bad calling behind the plate, whatever that might be. But to Luis Roberts' credit, he's got all the tools. We're finally seeing it. It's freaking exciting as hell. But like, let's pump the brakes on the superstar and let's pump the brakes on top 10 player in baseball. There's, I guarantee you, more than 10 players in Major League Baseball right now that you would not trade. 
straight up for Luis Robert. So good for us. I feel like maybe he looks a little shinier because there's a you know bunch of grime and crap on the rest of this roster right now and, and this underperforming team. But um, good for Luis Robert. But let's just not call him a superstar yet. I feel like he can be. We all know that. Let's see him do it for a full season. Yeah, I'm not even surprised at this performance. I mean, this is, Luis Robert has, for the past couple of weeks, has been the epitome of the White Sox. A terrible team with a bunch of solo home runs. Like, even with Luis Robert having a fucking thousand OPS, we're still abysmal with runners in scoring position. So does this does Luis Robert getting hot make the White Sox better? Because the losses are still piling up. These these home runs, he's the only one running around the bases these days. Yeah. So there's not I many mean, runners he, on when they hit these homers. So what are we gonna do? We're gonna just sit on top of 36 solo home runs and crown them. You want to crown them? Then crown their ass. Yeah. But the Luis Robert is who we thought he was. Exactly. And we let him off the hook. No, you know what? I, I I'm gonna be. So the I I get my R. father. R. Danny Green. No, yeah, right. My my father's part of the media, and we we often argue about this. As Slavs worked on it, and, and again, you can be. We have a show, and you can be kind of like your own. We, we you can do this yourself, where you have to talk so much so positive about a guy that everyone then believes that he's a superstar. And and, and I don't know if it's because the White Sox don't have haven't had a guy like that in a long time because they really have that they're yearning for him so much this thirst for this guy claiming him to be a hall of famer before actually him going and doing the work of fans actually going and enjoying it and saying, wow, this guy has it and seeing that development and seeing like you're one of the all-star game and you're two. And like, you know, and it's funny things because like you got McNeese said, build a statue and you know, they want the slogan and, and it's just like, and you, when you look at the numbers, you're like, you know, the average player that plays in major league baseball is this average. So like he has the tools and, you know, between there's so many things that can go wrong in a career. And for Louis Robert has been is, is injuries. In my opinion, I, I, my, my, his issue is when he is healthy, he produces, mind you, he produces like the Chicago weather when he is on, it's on and he is hot. When he is cold, he will go over 40 and chase. everything. <laughs> I don't critique him because there's guys like Jose Ramirez that White Sox fans don't watch that. He is like Louis Robert. He will swing at a pitch that's above his head and a mm-hmm. pitch that's on the ground. So did Vladimir Guerrero. Again, those guys did it. I've done it for a long, long time, but that's his style. So if White Sox fans stink, and mind you, you can don't call me racist. Don't let me think I put Robert in a box. I know Luis Robert. I know Latino players. If you guys think Luis Robert is going to be going into the eye pitch and analyzing the iPad and changing everything that's made him successful to get to this level... I'm not betting on that. So this whole thing of like, oh, he's not going to chase. He's not. Well, didn't he already? Chase. Didn't he already admit like he he doesn't care for the details, for care. the information, for the Slop. analytics, Juan Uribe, the video. Juan Uribe would bring a magazine to hitters meetings, and players would be like, I want to be like that guy because I overanalyze things. They used to look at like, hey Juan, who's this guy warming up? Mind you, the guy's been pitching for Verlander. Sees them every other day, every other week, and he's like, I don't know what number, what number, <laughs> or or you don't know. There's guys that are natural hitters. That are very great. Jordan Alvarez. You see a Jordan Alvarez? He, Jordan Alvarez is not look, he's he sees pitch, pitch he hits. So his style of play he cannot change and his development. But his whole thing is staying healthy. Last year, the reason I think that I have a positive on him is 
Last year, he played a lot of games where he was hurt and was used in a very awkward situation by Tony where he was hurt, he benched him for four days, and then play him. It's like, okay, I'm hurt, but now you're making it double hard for me because I haven't had an at-bat in four days. So not only can I cannot swing, but now I have I'm absolutely cold. no chance. I'm cold. So that's one of the knocks I give Tony on how he handled Robert. I don't know if he didn't want to be voiceful. He should have said, shut me down. I'm done. I'm not playing anymore. The number – right now there's 80 – there's, he's played 77 games, and there's 80 games left, about 85 games left. If he plays 75% of the games that are left in the calendar, he will hit 140 games. So if That's he plays, what I want to see, correct, 140 plus. If, if he plays 135 to 140 yeah. this season, and I'm so scared for White Sox fans because I think that he will put the numbers up there. The White Sox might lose 100 games. Robert still will hit 40 home runs. He'll probably be a top 20 guy offensively in Major League Baseball, okay? And he still and then, not might get 100 RBIs, even with 40 he, bombs on this Correct, team. and he might not get 100 RBIs. But that would be a development, and he will be a piece, meaning you still need to see the growth on that. So I need to see out of that, like those 85 games that he has right now, I need to see him complete. If he plays 120, I'm like, wow, it's great because it's more than 100. But his number right now in his head should be with his talent. And this is something that a coach would tell him. Again, the coaches that I've been around would be like, Lewis, if you stay healthy and you play 140, you will hit the numbers. Like, because he know he has that talent. Well, the, the, what I want to see out of Pantera is like, it, especially him hitting that number 140, but I want him to take command of the strike zone. Like, even throughout this stretch of him fucking destroying the baseball, I still don't feel like he's on top of pitchers. It's just like he sees a ball middle third in and he's just turning on it rather than you know spitting on anything outside like Slavko you alluded to the fact why are you not giving this man a steady diet of breaking balls if he's showing you he's not gonna spit on the outer third part of the plate he's not gonna do that he's just gonna wave at it and miss so I I mean I, I want him to hit the games but I want him to take that element out of his offense because that's not happening see- then you'll see the like he could be he could very well have a forty home run season and have a sub nine hundred OPS just because of to, that right there. To me, what separates him, and this is why I still think the best hitter on the White Sox all around. I think TA is the best hitter when he's right. His approach, like he bat to ball, Eloy? he's gonna have the highest average. It's Eloy. I don't Eloy, think it's close. Eloy. You put Eloy, Eloy you put Eloy's brain on on Pantera. Center field, opposite field. You see all of his home runs hit over the right center field fence. That's when he is yep. locked in. He hit that double off Otani earlier in tonight's game, ripped down the left field line on a pitch inside. You throw him a hanger, he can weigh back on it, shoot it to the opposite. Like he can, it's not just home run, strikeout, 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 home run, strikeout, strikeout, pop up, home run, fly out, strikeout. It's like he's spraying the ball, like you said. He takes what the pitcher gives him. He will maybe sacrifice when he gets into a two strike count and maybe I'm not going to wait for a mistake. Like, all right, I have something that can kind of hit and just poke something to right field or go back up the middle with a ground or a hard hit ground ball. That's why to me, Aloy is the best hitter on this team when he's going right. Yeah. And I don't think it's close. Luis what? Robert might put up the gaudiest numbers. He might be the most entertaining. He might be able to do it as easy as anyone else, but he's, he doesn't have the same, just I'm talking about pure hitting, putting up, you know, crazy all-around offensive numbers. I think Aloy still has the higher ceiling. Can I give oh, you another yeah. – uh, there's another guy that has yes, the same can. situation. 
No, it's. I just think it's like it's like it's funny because it's like you're telling it on somebody. No, because I am telling. <laughs> because it's called Jake Burger. It's called He's Jake Burger. He's having I got a rough argument. Right I, I had an argument with somebody because they asked me between him and Andrew Vaughn, and I said Andrew Vaughn is a better hitter than Jake Burger, meaning pure hitter. Because I know they throw Andrew Vaughn a, a ball in the middle. He is trying to take it the opposite way. I can see their batting practice and say, okay, this guy in, in a hard matchup, Andrew Vaughn is going to have a better chance against his hardest pitcher than, than Berger will. Berger's going to hit the guy that he's going to kill. He's going to hit his 700 feet and take him deep where Vaughn might get a double. But when they face the hardest pitcher, they're like their biggest opponent. I'll take Vaughn being able to get on base and getting a hit over Berger. And, and that's, that's a storyline with a lot of baseball players in their history because it's like you hit and miss. When you're talking about Pantera, it's like literally with Eloy. Of Eloy, I don't know if it's because of his maturity. Again, he's been a guy that's kind of like that's his approach. He's always been a middle out type of hitter where, you know, I call the Miguel Cabrera like up the middle. And then when he's really going, he's got the power of when he's hitting balls out in their batting practice, it's opposite field. Like he's putting balls in the upper deck. Mm-hmm. Jim told, like it's like I for me, it might be a single because I'm a little guy and it's not, you know, I don't have power. This guy's putting it in the upper deck. Because, you know, his power that he has. So from a hitting standpoint, I think that when you're talking about pure hitters, and I think that that's the – you want to see the maturity of, like, that's coming. But you haven't had time to focus on that because of the injuries. And he's been a guy – Eloy's a guy on the trade. If I'm a team, okay, if I am a team in contention, the only reason that I am asking for Eloy Jimenez is because I know if this guy is hot, he has produced – it's not a potential thing. It's not all oh, he might do it. If Eloy is healthy and breathing, he will put up the numbers because he's done it. Like yeah. look at his numbers, and even like even his injured numbers. Like he played fifty games. Oh, he, wow, he hit twelve home runs. Like his numbers, it's like if he plays, he's on. And that's where I think the guys have value with Eloy. I'm not like, oh well, he's he's not gonna, like potentially. If he plays 180 games, like he'll hit none. Like if he has the games in him, the numbers will be there. Yeah, and then, like, one thing, Eloy is a big man, but one thing he does well, like Opie does it too, they jam themselves as right-handed power hitters, and they do a good job hitting behind runners. I think that's another thing that uh, Luis Robert needs to work on because, I mean, every hitter wants to get extension, but sometimes that's playing right into the pitcher's hands. They're snapping you right off at the handle and 6-4-3, you're out of the inning. But instead, you're shooting it in between the first baseman and second baseman, and now you're in a first to third situation. That's probably been the issue with the White Sox. We haven't been putting ourselves in a first to third situation. It's just been a solo home run in three Ks. Vaughn so, did do that tonight. Productive outs, we've talked about a lot. He moved the runner over from second to third, I think with nobody out. And the Sox, of course, stranded that runner at third base, but that's a different story. Gonzo, what, what do you think? Luis Robert, everyone's wanting to label him a superstar. What do you think? All right. For for me, it's also like what Junior was alluding to in that Eloy and Robert, I just want to see them healthy together because we know that when they're healthy and on, both of them are hitting for power and their slash lines are ridiculous. Um, but again, it's staying healthy for those two. And I need more consistency with their at-bats. Um and the second at bat tonight, Otani threw him three sweepers and he took all of them and then was looking for that fastball and got a 3-0 and just got it off the end of the bat and, and went to the warning track. But again, when he's on right now, he, he, that's, you know, his mind is focused and I don't question the at bat. And 
I don't know why people are getting so excited for his golden glove out there. Like we know he can run and track down baseballs for me. What I'm focused on, it's what we've been seeing for so many years now. And that's his arm. Oh my seen, God. Sorry. Ozzy's seen... wearing, Ozzy's wearing the Urinator Jersey on, on the show right now. What the hell is he doing? Oh why is God. Ozzy wearing why? the Urinator? But Germinator's oh, playing in Venezuela. Yeah. Germinator, for all the, everyone that's listening and does not know where the Germinator is at, the Germinator is playing in summer ball in Venezuela. And again, you follow the league. Yeah. Still pumping home runs, too. I, I've seen oh, some. For clips. all, for sure. <laughs> what 40 seconds to, around the bases. Sorry, guys. I, I didn't mean to cut you off. I see no improvement in his arm since he's gotten to the big leagues. And I, I don't know like what they're doing with them, but. I really see him still hit, hitting the cutoff man strong with the throw, like, and even planting himself to go into his, you know, his, his um, footwork his, is bad still. His footwork is awful. And like just getting in, prepping himself to get into a crow hop. Like I've never seen, you know, he's still throwing off his back foot and the arm is just weak. So like he's just allowing base runners to advance and score. Um, it's frustrating watching him play center field in those situations. And, I, I just want to see him improve on that aspect of the game because I think that's what holds him back, and I don't know why it doesn't get talked about at all either. This is what I worry about, and it's gonna it sounds worse than what I'm trying to say. I worry about how smart Luis Robert is on the baseball field. I think he's so talented. He is such a good athlete. Go, the ball's in the gap. Go get it. Don't. There's nothing to think about. Go. Go, go at the ball. At the plate, you're not seeing a ton of adjustments. You're not seeing, you know, progression with laying off the off-speed stuff or stuff off the plate or any breaking pitch. Like that's what I'm worried about. Like if, but the other on the other hand, if there's just someone that's able to get through to him, how easy he makes Major League Baseball look sometimes just off pure talent and athleticism. If he puts it together up here. You are talking about now, you are talking about one of the top three to five baseball players in Major League Baseball. Otani aside, since he's on his own tier, like he's up there with, with the Trouts and with the, the Prime Tatis. Mookie Betts. Yeah. yeah fuck. Tatis, I'll take Machado over Tatis personally. No, Tatis is a top five right fielder right now in the game. Well, he's supposed to be a shortstop. <laughs> That's a different story, though. I mean, uh, <laughs> Why did Nando catch this straight? Yeah. By the way, top five right fielder in the game right now. Yeah. We're not getting into that. Yeah, we're not getting into that, but I definitely have to. This is not a San Diego Padres podcast. No, it's not. They're also. Shout out James Shields. But you you know what's crazy is that Luis Robert is strong like the ox. Yeah, but just. And his throwing arm is a liability. Like, look at Luis Robert play the center field position and take a guy like Harrison Bader, who is fundamentally sound like they're two totally different players and mm-hmm. Luis Robert is the one winning the platinum glove and he's rated the best center fielder in the game but when I could watch an average Joe like Bader how is he so much uh, how is he advanced more than well Luis because Robert? because Luis Robert has not improved and this is a situation where we go back on when guys get there okay and rely on what got them there and don't keep improving the situation with the White Sox, other than health, okay, and again, health is a factor that's always in our forefront. Other than the guy that we're going to talk next about, 
um, which is Dylan Cease, there's very little players that have improved. Okay, TA, it's a great 60 game season, batting title, blah 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 blah. Okay, okay, do do it's like this decline, 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 decline. Moncada, great season, blah, decline, 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 decline. Not only offensively, even you look at their defenses, like everyone has declined. With the moment they got there, no, very little players have gone up in their style, production, and what they're doing. Like mm-hmm. Pantera, I understand that your offense is going to take a hit, and it's Major League Baseball. But defensively, you should have gotten way better. Like defensively, from the first year being in the big leagues to now, you should be playing at the at guaranteed rate. Like hit it if it's in the stands, I can't get it, but anywhere else, I feel really comfortable. And he actually looks more uncomfortable now. Than when he first got called up. So you as the game progresses, you need to feel more comfortable in your position. And that's not the case with a lot of these players. So it's that daily improvement where I think the White Sox players struggle on getting better. And I mean like getting better. Like Griffold needs to be better tomorrow than he was today. Katz needs to be better tomorrow than he was today. The front office, like no one improves better. Like everyone gets there at the level that they're at. And then it's like, okay. And then no one improves. Like even the mind, like guys they call up, like no one get, does anything better. If it's chase rate, if it's walk rate, no one improves. Everyone just stays at the same level that they're in or digress. And that's not great when you're developing and you're trying to build, you know, guys and the culture and winning and whatnot. But I feel like that's just a, that's a cultural issue where no one's held accountable on like getting better at little things. Like you see them making mistakes and you're like, wait a minute, you should have, you know, that you should have been improved that from last year. The little things, and again, we always focus about the big numbers, but those things like playing the outfield or, or, you know, like if Andrew Vaughn was not adapting well to first base, like it's been six months, buddy, you're not playing the outfield anymore. It's like when do you when do you rip the court and say, hey, you're not a, you're not it's not your second week in the big leagues, it's not your second week playing the position, uh, you know, let's get this together. Like so, for me, Roberto on the defensive side, he's gotten away because his talent is just amazing, but he has not become a better center fielder. Is there awesome. any area? Is there? I was gonna ask. Is there any area of his game that's polished right now? Year three. Uh, you talking about Eloy or Robert? Robert. No. No. That's sick. That's sick. He's not. You know, he doesn't hit for a high average. He doesn't not chase. He's not drawing walks. Defensively, like natural ability is insane. He's still not technical. If you put Kevin Kiermeyer's brain in Luis Roberts' body, you have maybe one of the best center fielders in the history of Major League Baseball defensively. Yes. And that's it's, no exaggeration. No, none whatsoever. Also, shout out to Gabe for uh, mentioning us on Twitter, rating us on his top five podcast for the White Sox content. Thank you, Gabe. Let's go, Gabe. Yes. By the way, Aloy yes. Jimenez just hit a piss missile to left field. Uh, slider down the middle. First pitch, 109 miles per hour, double. Sox trying to rally here in the ninth inning. Uh, no spoilers here anyway. All right, uh, so we're going to move on. Luis Robert. Oh, Sox got some going here in the ninth inning. All right, um, so we've hit on uh, we've hit on Kopech. We've hit on Robert. Junior, you mentioned it. We'll, we'll get to Cease. But before we get to Cease, we got something to discuss here coming up on Grafol's Grounds. <laughs> I don't have a problem making decisions. I don't have a problem making a call on a 
you know, on a, on a pitcher. I don't have a problem making a call on, on you know, on the, whatever our team needs at this particular moment. Something we have not seen very much with the White Sox, actually never up until recently, is Tim Anderson playing second base. Now we know he's been dealing with some shoulder injuries and um you know he's struggling to throw the ball across the diamond all of a sudden the Sox trot him out last week a couple games at second base obviously Pedro Grifol gets asked about it uh there's a few theories here number one it's just the White Sox being honest TA is not 100% you know they're kind of protecting his arm let's play him at second base he has the natural ability to do it he did it in the World Baseball Classic um just to get his bat back in the lineup get him in the in the lineup again number two potentially showcasing him for a trade and letting the rest of major league baseball know if you want a second baseman ta he's open to it theoretically if it's a winning team that's going to trade for him they don't he doesn't really have a choice if they're going to say you're going to come play with us you're going to play second base we're going to try to win a world series i'm sure he'd be um amenable to that um and then number three it's like is there something else internally with this organization that uh, is happening with TA that maybe they're trying to make room for somebody else or who knows what the timing of it felt very coincidental with the whole like shoulder injury. And, you know, I can't throw the ball. Gonzo, let's start with you. What, what do you think the white Sox were doing there with TA at second? You kind of just said everything I was thinking of showing versatility for his value going elsewhere perhaps or even like you said just now with you know at least knowing that we can put him at second base and in the line of getting our shortstop for the future because I mean ultimately we've discussed on the show how much of an athlete TA is and he wasn't really a natural shortstop so he was just an athlete and now again though in my opinion I don't think Montgomery is ready at all yet to take over at shortstop I mean so many guys that with Rami Popeye, who you just sent back, like Rami, like Tommy. <laughs> God damn, I do it every time. Yeah, um, yeah. So, so like all these guys that you had hopes for, either shortstop or second base, we haven't got. Re- I mean, Sosa's a different story with Gonzalez, but like I, I, I at least want to see what Rodriguez did this past weekend. Didn't get to see it. Now we still don't know what we're doing at shortstop. So, and we've already talked about what the market looks like for shortstops, which is pretty bleak. So. Are you going to try to trade one of these guys like Montgomery or TA for a shortstop? I don't know what you're going to do for Han. Um, but yeah, I mean, at the most, I think of, of the two options that we just talked about, I think it's more so the versatility to show that what to go off of the team USA with Timmy playing at second base. And I know junior talked about him batting lower in the lineup and what he could provide down there. But um, ultimately I think it's more so the versatility option. Um, whatever it is, I hope that for Tim's sake that he starts to turn it around because it, it's due time for him because we know when he is healthy, he is a, a above average bat, you know, won a batting title, silver slugger award. We know what his bat can do, and I just want to see it because I know it's not done. Jay, what you got? This is some bullshit right here because, Slav, I'm going to tell you another detail that kind of got my ears in the air. 
you you move my man off a of shortstop, which is a socially significant position in the game, and then you took him out the leadoff spot too. So I think there's a little bit more to that as far as like I don't know if Repulse tired of TA shit, but there's a there's a there's just too much going on. Like if a guy if you're if you we've had shortstops hurt before. If you're hurt at shortstop, you're sitting down. I'm not moving you to second base. I feel like that's a little bit slight. That's a little bit disrespect to TA because he's the best shortstop in the organization. I'm not buying the injury thing because if he was really hurt, you would have put a, you would have sent him to the IL. Let's just be perfectly honest, especially with you calling up Rimlard, Popeye, etc. So I, I just think it's more to it. Uh, but the showcasing to different teams is definitely there. Most of the guys, most of the teams that will be in play for Tim Anderson already have a shortstop in-house. So I'm pretty sure this is to market him as a second baseman. The Sox probably figured out that they were probably getting more uh, moving TA as a second baseman than they will as a shortstop. I think, the only, te- I think the only team that's going to ask TA where he wants to play is the Chicago White Sox. <laughs> I yeah. think that they... I saw I saw Omar Vizquel playing second base and third base. I saw Aaron would get moved to third. Like people, people in the city, man. Like Tay's a great guy. You know what? He's been off the field and he's done great things and he's a solid baseball player. But fans act like he's he's unmovable. This team has the worst OBP getting on base in the league. Okay, the fact that they're letting him hit second still, they're being very nice. Okay, because he should not be hitting in any of those top four four spots. Okay, that's that's the number one thing, especially when you said that this team was going to be analytical. Uh, number two, on him defensively, the team might be better with him at second base and with Elvis at short. The team, again, the team, not for TA, because mm-hmm. second basemen get paid less than shortstop. Again, the team. Fancy to realize is, is what's more important, the jersey in front that says Chicago White Sox or Tim Anderson and Tim Anderson's feelings. That's that's the big difference. Um, I hope that that they're having communication. I know TA is not happy. I don't care what he says. He's already had like four father figures and managers. He like, loved Ricky, loved Tony. Maybe he misses Tony. That's why he's not playing well. Uh Love well, he said he no. said he loves those guys. What he, whether he actually no, does correct, or not, correct. That's what I mean, though. But like, it's all talk. Like, it's all talk. So it comes back to haunt you when, when you when you're doing that. I saw a situation where I saw a very good shortstop named Jose Valentin, a very good shortstop, a guy who, who raked when he was at the White Sox, but did not make the team better. And they knew, Ozzy knew that he was not going to get signed, and that the team was not better with with him. So guess what? Look how many times Valentin played after the All Star game. Juan Uribe was a shortstop because it was the future for his team. He could care less what Valentin did, and I'm sure it cost him money. And I know it didn't make him happy with Ozzy, and there was rift there, like never publicly, but I'm sure it was he wasn't happy. So it's like, what's better for the team? That's why when he went to Team USA, he knew that he was going to play second. He was probably like, I'm happy. I'm in the lineup that I'm in this team in the lineup. The White Sox fans thought that he was going to be like the captain of the team. When he walked into that clubhouse, he looked around and said, oh, okay, I, I'm unlucky if I hit seven, eight, or nine. Maybe he didn't think in his head, but all the other players did. So that's the reality of it. So number one, I think that 
I'm concerned that the shoulder injury might be worse than they're making it out to be. So he might have to play second base just because the, sh- the throw from short might be for- too much for him at this point. So that's that's a preparation mentally. Number two, he wants to be in the lineup. Why does he want to be in the lineup? He's trying to get paid. You only get paid if you play because he has to produce. He can't play shortstop because his injury won't let him. So he said, I'll play anywhere as long as I'm in the lineup. Well, you can't DH because we got nine of those. <laughs> so you got to play second. Okay, I'll play second. That's what I think, and I think that the Sox were not going to say no because at the moment that he can play second, his value automatically goes up. You know, mm-hmm. he might go to the Dodgers and they might say, grab your left field glove, buddy. You're playing left field <laughs> for two innings. Like, that's the – you don't have a choice. Like, you don't – when you work for a team, there's managers and there's franchises where they don't ask you about your feelings. Uh, how do you feel today? How do you – like, there's guys that don't play their bench. There's guys that play where the hell, the hell they want to play you. There's guys that you get platoon. You only play versus righties. You only play versus lefties. So the only organization that they're asking you about your feelings and how are you doing and are you okay today and is the weather nice is the Chicago White Sox. A lot of other places, not, they don't put up with this stuff. So I think for him is a benefit because, number one, I think that he needs to be and find his stroke. And, again, I think T.A. is, a, is above average hitter who puts the ball in play when he is, when he is going. He's a good player. But – is he Ricky Henderson that you can't move him from the top spot? No. And he should swallow his pride and be okay with that. And, and that's why Griffo gets in trouble because a couple of nights before, he says, I'll never move T.A. from the leadoff spot. He'll never not play shortstop. And then when you see him playing that, it's not that he's wrong. You just say, you're full of it, dude. You're so full of it. And that's what this team gets in trouble for. They talk too much, and they get, they're so full of it. And that's the problem. I, I think T.A. brings a lot of value. You put T.A. on the Braves – where he doesn't have to be the man, where, you know, he put T.A. on the Dodgers, where he doesn't have to be the man, put T.A. on the Padres, where he doesn't have to be the man. There's a lot of teams, man, where he could be a role player. He could be a very, very, very dangerous player, not being the guy. That's well, just... nobody nobody who's trading for him this, this year that's a contender is trading him to be the guy. No one thinks that he's the guy outside of the city of Chicago. Mm, I, I don't know. I don't know that I agree with uh, that. Yeah. It's a lot of people. I'm talking about a, a team. You're going to build a team and you're going to say, TA is going to be my guy and we're going to build around Tim Anderson. He's not your first pick. pick. No. Okay. No, Ask no. some of my coworkers where I'm at out here that are Padres, Dodgers fans. Several of these Dodgers fans are like, who the hell is TA? <laughs> and I'm just well, that's, like, that's just I'm mind blowing as like fans. me being me. But some of these guys are like, no, like, not just like you know, like I mean, if Dodgers fan. Some of these guys are legit. Like, like if he goes to the like talent. if he goes to the Yankees, he's a starting shortstop. I'm sorry, but there's no major league baseball fan who doesn't know who Ta Ta is. An actual baseball fan. No, they they know him. He's 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 for for whatever reason you're gonna know him for for his hitting for stuff. He's he's a very known player. I think that again. I think that I like him for a couple reasons. I think that he's a player that when the 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 playoff time gets going. And the, like the lights are on. I think he always performs with like with the big games. He's a big game player. I think um, the biggest so, game he's ever played in, unfortunately, is the the black or the Field of Dreams. But game. that's what I mean, though. But I think that there's anytime there's like attention, like that he knows that it's like a big game, like a national televised game, or like yeah. he 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 performs very well. So if he goes to a team where there is that pennant race, where there is that, even in the playoffs, like the short times that he's been, he was like one of the guys that looked the most confident. Like I I belong here. 
You Doesn't put he have like team. 17 hits in like six career playoff games or something Correct. crazy? So like yeah. his numbers are very good. So I think if you put him in a team where guys are like, hey, dude, you don't have to be the guy. And again, the media and the fans, like the fans put a lot of pressure on him. I'm like, this is the guy. Eat pasta, you know, talk like he has this like aura of like you represent so much. You are the White Sox. You're this. And it's like, wait a minute. You're putting a lot of pressure on this guy. You know, like he's probably like embarrassed that, oh, man, I'm at second now. I'm not, you know, I'm not playing, I'm not hitting lead off and he shouldn't be like, that's just part of the, maybe the team is better. So he shouldn't feel that pressure. So I don't know if someone pulled him aside and say, Hey man, this is not a predicament of who you are. It's just, you know, this is what we might have to do right now for you, maybe, or the team. So I don't think, I think that's when they say a change of scenario. I think it might be more of a pressure thing because if they let him just play, he, he, he's like a way better version uh, than, um, than Nick Swisher. When Nick Swisher got traded Come to the on, White Sox, man. I'm being serious, dude. When Nick Swisher got traded to the White Sox, they had a parade, an imaginary parade, and they had the dirty 30, and they said that this guy was going to come here analytically and drop 55 home runs and walk 150 times, and he sucked. Great no. guy off the field. He sucked. And then he went to the Yankees and won a couple rings and was amazing, and that's why he's in every commercial and every single time, and everyone in New York thinks he's the greatest player to ever play because he actually did really well there. Why? Because the Yankees traded for a, a corner outfielder to hit seven or eighth and be a role player and not a starting center fielder to hit third. So that's why T.A., in that scenario, if you put him in a team where he can actually shine, he could still be an all-star. He could still be amazing. I think he has a lot of pressure in Chicago. Why? Going back to this, there is no dude. So we're looking be, between the word dude and leader. I'm so tired of like, who's the leader of the White Sox? Who cares? People think that everyone goes in the clubhouse and says, hey, Slav, you're the leader. What are we doing today? Like, <laughs> yeah. no one does that. Burley wasn't a leader. Burley never said, hey, guys, I'm the I'm Mark Burley. I'm the leader of this team. No, Konerko never said, hey, guys, I'm Paul Konerko. I'm the leader of this team. No one ever said that. Konerko did not want to be named captain. He, he didn't want to be named captain. He was like, no, no, no. no. What, what does the captain do? Ozzy, the manager, would be like, yes, I'm the boss. And he'd tell people he was the boss. But out of the players, no one ever said, I'm the leader. Even when PK was named the captain, they didn't go to him. He just dealt with like, you're the captain, man. You deserve that. But he wasn't, it, it was like a different, like if people say like Chris Widger was probably one of the biggest leaders, Willie Harris, because they would constantly get on players and be on them. So this whole scenario of like, you need to have somebody come in and be like, hi guys, I'm the leader of the team and we're going to play well. And how I play, this is major league baseball, man. Like this stuff. And then like trying to make guys dudes, that's pressure on them. Like Tim Anderson, that's pressure on him. Taking off the stuff that he's doing off the field, players are going to struggle. And he was really good for three years where this team was not very good at all. And no one was watching him. And now this year he's struggling, plus injuries. So when people say, does he need to change the scenario? I think he just needs maybe just so he doesn't have to be the dude and he can just focus on playing. That's just my take. Because I think that he has a lot of value. And that's why the White Sox need Billy Hamilton for his leadership. I, ha- I had to get a reference in. I'm sorry. All right. And I'm um, saying, well, Billy is that guy, though. F- all right. Uh, real quick. Jay, in five weeks, is Tim Anderson on the White Sox? Yes. Gonzo, in five weeks, is Tim Anderson on the White Sox? Yes. Junior? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I agree with you guys. I, I just don't think I don't think there's any major shakeups coming. They don't have – they have one more year of control for him. Mm-hmm. But it's a team option. I think it's like fourteen and a half million. I could be wrong. I mean, it's a that's, very affordable that's, deal. That's a, a compared to every again, 
my the only reason and Jay and 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 uh and Jay was had a good point on this. The only reason that I want to keep TA is when we did the analysis about four weeks ago and we saw what was out there in the free agent market. Okay, nothing. there's nothing. Okay, TA, TA like, will have his 31 year old season, 14 million dollar club yeah, option. It's, he it's, he will. It's just he, I might even extend them. Why? There's no one that has been brought up. No one that plays middle infield that's better than Tim Anderson on his worst day. The problem is you can talk extension all you want. He's going to want to get paid like a premier shortstop. Oh, he's, he's said not, he's that not, multiple no, 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 times. No, 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 it's, it's not going to be here. Yeah, it's yeah. going to be a Giolito situation. Correct. The White but Sox are going to say, be, we'll it, give it will, you will be three for Gilito. 65. Um, TA is going to be like, I need five for 120. Nah, Giolito is writing an email and telling his close friends how frustrated it is. Tim Anderson will be very Ozzy Guillen. And he'll let us know how he feels publicly. That's, that's a big difference on those those two types. Of, and, and it's fine because, again, I think T.A. and Ozzy are very alike when it comes to that. They're very passionate. Um, but I think that my concern is, and again, it falls back on Montgomery. I have not seen a middle infielder say that's the guy that's going to take T.A.'s job. I haven't seen it yet. Facts. Facts. I, last thing for tonight, um, Dylan Cease. We got to get him in the show. His last yeah. nine starts. 51 innings. We'd still like to see the innings go up, but 282 ERA, 61 strikeouts, 19 walks. Opponents are hitting 203 against him uh, with a 624 OPS. Unfortunately for him, the Sox are only five and four in those outings. Um, the run support obviously has not been there. Um, Gonzo, what have you seen from Cease, man? Like uh, I know you, you mentioned last week, once the sliders start sliding again, things will be all right. Uh, he's looking more and more like that guy from last year. And it sounds like him and Ethan Katz have, have been doing quite a, quite a bit of work. And I'm glad Your Juan boys. Diego, I'm glad Juan Diego's in the chat because I told him, Juan, watch out, quit, man. So when that slider starts rolling, he's going to be back to his normal self. Oh, you really went out on a limb there. But for me, again, for me, it is the maturation of that third pitch with that knuckle curve. And I just wish that they took advantage. I'm not sure if it's Katz calling it or Cease still, but I just wish that Cease could have realized a little bit sooner that that slider, you know, he wasn't getting that feel for it. And he would have went more so to that knuckle curve and played around more so with that changeup for when he was struggling with the the feel for that slider. But now that that slider you know he's got that feel back for it and now you see that there you know that knuckle curve usage up that he's got three pitches he can throw at any moment and that is absolutely helping with his pitch efficiency as of lately um like you said and those nine starts 51 innings only 19 walks but 61 strikeouts 2.8 era and 10.8 k's per nine he is absolutely dealing and this last start he had yesterday Six innings, no walks, 10 strikeouts. And he's, I want to end that agenda that he can't pitch versus good teams because he just shut out the Angels, Houston twice this year. Like he's got some starts in there where he's dominating good teams. So, and I, we just keep seeing that ERA drop. And I just, I hope that it might not happen, but I really hope he gets a call to Seattle because he didn't get it last year for the All Star game. And I would love for him to get there. He won't um, get it this year. probably won't get it as much as I want him, want him to see him there. But that's a guy that I'm confident in since I've, you know, completely fall for what he has as a pitcher. I'm excited where he, the trend, because the arrow's pointing up with him as it has been since really 21 with how many strikeouts he's had since then. 
Um, the guy's unbelievable, and I just want to see him be more stay consistent with his pitch efficiency with those three pitches because um, he's building. And I, I mean, I saw him throw a change up to Otani that Otani just shook it off because he didn't see it coming. And if he's dabbling with that fourth pitch, I'm just I'm getting excited. Yeah, I was. I, I just want to say Dylan Cease has been living the four seam dream the past month or so. <laughs> Uh, if you look at the, if you look at the the strikeouts he had of Otani and Trout yesterday, he straightened them up with the four seamer. Uh, Otani got him on a slider that was uh, about an inch or two inside, and Otani pummeled it for 446 feet to right center. Did field. you see Cease's reaction? Yeah, like like the ball. It wasn't an awful pitch. He was like, it wasn't an awful pitch. Like he looked straight at like the ball went straight in the air on TV and Cease almost broke his damn neck trying to figure out like how the hell did he just shoot this ball that far in the air and he knew and it that yeah. far away. Yeah, he knew it was gone. Cease knew it was gone off of off of the sound of the bat. But uh to that point, I love what Dylan Cease is doing with the four seam fastball. Gonzo, you want him you want that to be the fourth pitch. Look at the run value he's been giving us with the four seam fastball. It's probably been like a plus twelve or some goofy number like that. And he hasn't been that guy in his career. Like his four seamer has mm-hmm. been traditionally the worst pitch leaving his hand. So if he's gonna show me that his fastball can be an absolute weapon, I'm all in. And it fucking sucks that the White Sox are a terrible team that is just letting him pile up the no decision. Like this is worse than Jose Quintana in his prime with the no decision. Uh, this is like this no, is like Chris Sale. This stop. is like this is like Chris Sale. No, he, Jose Quintana. Chris. Quintana went like five straight seasons with getting like two or fewer runs more than anyone in baseball by a mile. Yeah, but he wasn't throwing didn't, the he wasn't throwing the sauce that Cease was. Well, just because the stuff the stuff wasn't as good doesn't mean that Quintana's no, numbers Quintana, weren't as good. Quintana had great. You know what? I think that it's 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 a kind of partially what happened to Quintana. I'm glad that a lot of guys they're not looking at the three and three. I look at his health. Uh, in today's game of baseball, a lot of guys that have thrown as much as he has in the last three years have a downtime healthy-wise. And Seas is probably one of the healthiest pitchers in the game of baseball. Um, when you look at his numbers, other than his ERA this year, uh, compared to like last year, uh, obviously finished second in the Cy Young, he's going to finish again with 32 starts, 31, 32 starts. Um, the the number of like his ERA is probably going to be a little bit higher, but like the strikeouts are going to be there. And then the innings, again, going back to my innings obsession, 180, it's going to be there. Like it's good. He's going to hit at least if the health is there, he's going to hit 150. And cause he's at 90 something now. So the, the, and we're halfway through the year almost. So, so he's like duplicating at least production wise, what he did obviously last year was at an elite level and not saying that he can be there. So that's what you want from a pitcher. I disagree with you guys that he's not going to be an all-star. I was actually counting the days, depending on where he falls in his last start. If Dylan sees is eligible to pitch during the All-Star game, because his start matches up when he ends, he will be picked up and taken. Just on the fact lady. that he's available to pitch. Just on the, the fact, game? I'm saying like he's like you know how they pick a guy and the, but you can't pitch because it falls on the day that you know you just started. The oh game yeah, before. like his rotation day. Like his rotation his day. Like if if his rotation day. This is Matt matches up with the all-star game because managers are going to say this guy deserved to go last year. Okay. From the white Sox, I don't, there's not one player that you can say, take that guy. 
that guy deserves to go. You right. know what I mean? To, they did that to him it's last Robert. year. They did that to him last year. They picked the A's, but what, with Blackburn, was it? like? Yeah. The, so, so, like, it, so if he can't pitch, even I, I don't think that his numbers are good. I think that he still has a hope to go because he's a pitcher. And if he if he, if he he can't pitch, he's not, he's not going. Like, if they match up and say. He's got a four zero four ERA right now. So you got to think um, probably two more starts, maybe three before the All-Star game. If he wins two of those three and pitches well and gets his ERA, you know, three and a quarter or lower, he might have who's a shot. The American I mean, league, who's the American League? Uh, Dusty? Yeah. No, who's the, Dusty. Oh, the yep. manager, yeah. Okay. Because you know managers yeah. have to pick the last couple guys in the roster, right? Dusty seen sees. I'm just saying, like, I'm just saying, like, when you've seen a guy – Again, they look at like, oh, where's this guy done? Like, again, there's not. You have to. By the way, you have to take a representative by every, from every team. That's like it has. That's to and I hate that rule. I really do. But and that's, that's why, why Cease was. Well, a snub you should last like year. it, Slav, because no one from the White Sox would have gone for like 20 years. Kenya Middleton. Well, that's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, like, I think regardless of that rule, Robert would be or Robert would be an All Star this year. I, I think but I more think, than likely, it, he's just going to be their guy, their representative. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I so, 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 I, so, I, but I, but I'm, I still think that with him, you can talk about two pitch. I like the fact that he is figuring out how to pitch when he doesn't have his best stuff. That's what I like, um, because he's a very mental guy. I'm never let Gonzo talk to him about pitching, because you'll probably leave the conversation being like, I should have a third, fourth, an eighth pitch. He is that guy. So. I, I like he that he needs to learn a screwball, a sinker. Yeah, he's a, and that's a knuckle slider. Ball. If, and if, <laughs> if, like, if, if I'm those conversations that he's having with Ethan Katz, I hope that they're very simple and he, they don't make it too complicated hmm. because he is the smartest guy in the room. There's other guys that pretend they're the smartest guys in the room, Lucas Jolito, um, but they're not the smartest guy in the room. Sees knows what he's talking about when it comes to pitching. He is, he knows. He's he, he knows so much about himself and pitching that it actually works against him. Like he used to know and be like, my fingers are off by two by two. Like I need to make my two seam fall here, and if it wasn't perfect, and that's when he would try to perfect it, and he'd have like ninety pitches in the third inning. So for him, it's more about like if it's something's not working, how do I battle? And I think every major league baseball player has to do that. And if I was C's, I would literally sit next to Lance Lynn because he is the definition of that. Lance Lynn sometimes looks up, goes up to pitch, and you're like. Oh my God, they're gonna score 95 runs off of him. And they do, but he still pitches his like six innings and finds a way. But that's that's big league pitching. And then some days he comes out with 91 and strikes out 16 guys. That's big league pitching. That's when you take it to that that you've been in the big leagues a lot. If C's can figure out a way to compete like he has this year without his best stuff, we have an ace. And that's where I think that he's gonna represent again this year. All right, I so agree. I agree with OJ because at their 91 innings, he has 110 strikeouts. Yeah, like he deserves to be there. He's got a shot if he if he has a couple couple two tree more good starts before the All Star break. I think he's got a good chance, and that's why Gonzo is going to take us through Southside Daily. <laughs>
All right, guys, I got no idea why I got that accent out, but here, here you go. All right, Gonzo, can you tell us, can you tell us, I've been listening to the show for a long time, first time caller. Can you tell us who, what are the pitching matchups coming up here? Is that Trubinsky guy going to, going to play at all? Are we going to see him at all? Is that Connor Bedard's voice? I, I don't know where we're going at here. There's so. not Canadian even in the slightest. <laughs> That's just Bridgeport. Go ahead. What do we got for Southside Daily? All right, Wednesday, tomorrow, we got Gilito versus Berea. Thursday, Lynn versus Sandoval, and that wraps up the four-game series with the Angels out there in Anaheim. And then they stay on the road. They go to Oakland Friday, likely going to be a bullpen game. Banks versus Harris. Saturday, the guy we were just talking about, the mustache man, Dylan C., is up against Medina. And then we wrap it up on Sunday with Kopech versus the guy I brought up earlier in Blackburn. Um, Guy to highlight there in that lineup. He was hot earlier in the season, cooled off, but it is the rookie – Brent Rooker in 242, 13 homers, 38 ribbies. Jay, do you have anything about Ooh, these A's? Big numbers. Yeah, big numbers. Yeah. You want to add? Uh, oh, they're, talk about that speedster, too. Oh, well, yeah. Uh, Ricky really, Henderson? Uh, he's been he's been kind of cold late uh, the last two weeks, but he, he's starting to turn it on a little bit, had a couple RBI singles. Uh, I'm not really too afraid of anybody in Oakland, to be honest with you, especially with their with how their middle relief is set up. The only the only arm that'll probably perk my ears up is J.P. Sears. So we probably won't even see him. I'm, my eye is on the the matchup against uh, Patrick Sandoval because that is one of those situations to where if you're Eloy, if you're Luis Robert, if you're Jake Berger, you're gonna have to protect against the changeup low and away because he that's his bread and butter and he's going to nibble on the outside every time he's one of those pitchers that don't split the plate he doesn't command both sides of the plate so your plate discipline is going to be on full display uh that that'd be a good barometer to see where we are as far as like in the progress with Luis robert and eloy but something tells me i shouldn't hold my fucking breath for any improvement in that regard because you're a smart white Sox fan um, I hate it. By the way, the the A's are on pace for 140 loss or yeah, no, 120 losses, which is insanity. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if I re- if I remember correctly, last year Sandoval six innings, uh, three earned runs, pitched really well against the White Sox until they got him. I think he was either really early in the game. I want to say they got him for like a run or two in the first, or it was at the end of his outing. But he he's um, he's he's an underrated pitcher. Yeah, he's solid. He's really, he's a really good solid uh, lefty. But hopefully, how, we put twelve on him. I want to see how the thirteen matchup, the, even. The second matchup goes with Lance Lynn versus the Angels because we saw what happened at home at the rate to Lance. I Lynn hope Otani gets a day off. <laughs> and Trout. Trout. And Renfro. Um, but then after the A's, they come back home and start uh, the series versus the Blue Jays at home on Tuesday. It's going to be Gilito versus. Likely going to be Bassett. Um, that's still projected. Uh, we'll see if they change it out. But again, they're going to be facing the whole. Looks like it's going to be the whole AL American League All Star lineup because that's all the country votes for. And uh, we're going to see uh, Bichette batting 323, 14 homers, 47 ribbies. Vlad is in there too. Vlad Jr. Uh, go ahead and walk us through the team that you hate, Justin. Ah, well, th- those guys absolutely make me sick. But you hate Canada's Vlad, team. I hate them. I hate them absolutely. You, you're because, an Expos fan. 
Uh, I did like Jose Vidro and Orlando Cabrera. Oh, yeah, that's your boy. That's my boy. But uh, these Canadian uh, birds, no, despise them. Uh, It's funny because Bobachet and Vladdy, they're kind of having weird years where Bobachet has 105 hits, I think 106, but the runs aren't there. Like, the Vladdy and Bo have been ground ball machines for for this Blue Jays team, and they've been actually double play machines as well. So you can you can actually find some outs keeping it on the carpet with those two, especially with Bo Bichette not being uh, as, as good as a base runner as I think he should be. This could be one of those series, Gonzo. We talked about it against the Red Sox where the White Sox took two out of three. I think Toronto might be our next victim. I, I might. Not the A's? No, no, the A, the A's are gonna. We're gonna lose that series against the A's. Trust me. That is embarrassing if you do. I'm a uh, and Bichette rakes against the White Sox. Slump inbound. Uh, I hope you're right. <laughs> is that it? Is that the whole schedule? That's the whole schedule. Can we get all right? Can we get to the highlight of this show and and the picks to click now? No, my absolutely. God. Uh, go do it, Gonzo. Absolutely, because my pick to click won it this week, and Luis Robert was the AL Player of the Week as well. Are you sure? And I'm absolutely 100% sure <laughs> of that R- What was his RF7 or whatever the hell stat you use that's made up? I think it was like 29, to be honest with you. I have no idea what that but means. The numbers for the week, I don't either, but I just like the <laughs> wow. But the numbers for the week was he betted in those seven games. 444 had a six, gosh, Jesus, 1635 OPS and four homers, five ribbies. Well, similar Let numbers that, to Ellie De La Cruz, actually. It was kind of crazy. Let that but, sink um, in, Gonzo. The, the man had four home runs, but only yeah. five RBI. And that's yeah. why the White Sox have no lost getting on base. recent series, yeah. I wish I could. Oh, gosh, I know Juan posted it in the chat. It, it's just very it's when you it, it was a hard week because the guy i think the guy that i picked had a really good week but just robert's week was that much better i think my guy would have won this week if robert would have been player of the week my guy wouldn't have won at all yeah junior that's why has had a rough year junior you're correct that's why on all fronts you're going second no, no, I know, but, but Vaughn, I think Vaughn that, did have a good week. Yes, it was the best week I think of anyone in the White Sox. Obviously, player of the week. It was mm-hmm. he, and again, he can hit. He can go on a week and hit four, five, six home runs, like no problem. That's who he is. That's the type of player that he is. I want to make Slot feel a little bad, but Jose Rodriguez actually scored a run, and that was the most productivity out of between you know him and Tim Anderson. That's how bad Ta had an RBI. Did he? How? Oh yeah, yeah he how did. Did. fly? For fuck's sake! My God bad. damn I it, Gonzo! I was gonna make him feel bad. But... You shut your mouth when you're talking to me. <laughs> All right, let's make these picks. All right, Junior's on. Wait, pick. what? Who? Wait, who picked Robert? I Gonzo did. did. Oh, yeah, yeah. So God, no, yeah, so I thought, I thought Junior was on a but, heater but, for a second. By the way, Ben Attendi, Ben Attendi had eight hits too. By the way, guys, did yes. he hit one to the warning track? He yeah, almost got his second homer. He almost, he almost got a second one. I have to pick him for him to hit a home run that week. But I made this pick at seven thirty in case you don't believe me from tonight's performance. But uh, my pick's gonna be hi mom, Eloy. Hi Eloy. Here are my pick to click for the week. Uh, Roberts off the board. 
it's going to be Junior J. Slav. Uh, junior, I'm going, I'm, 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 I'm no, no. How how did I yeah, get? How I did Jay beat me? No, yeah, no. Oh, Junior's oh, got Grandal. second. He picked right, Grandal. Grandal. Grandal had a home. Oh, deep. Wait, yeah, why did you wait? Why did you mention Jose Rodriguez? Because I was messing with you with the production of one run versus one rib. Cut your face off. <laughs> go ahead. Um, even good players can have a bad week. I'm gonna go with Andrew Vaughn again. I'm gonna stick with him. I saw. I saw. Is that a thing? Have... Oh yeah, you can do. That. Yeah, I could do that unless you win. I just saw Jake Berger taking a bat with two runners on, swung at two pitches up and high as a pinata, then grounded out to second, but the guy bobbled it. No, Vaughn, scared Vaughn, me. Vaughn drove the. Uh, no, no, no. I'm talking about. I'm not talking about today's game. I'm talking about at the end. Oh. And I was looking at my pick to clicks. I was watching the game as I was thinking who to pick. And I saw Jake Berger just have that at bat. And I said, not picking you. I'm going with Andrew Vaughn. So that the last at bat was my um, my decision maker. So I'm going with Andrew. I think he's swinging the bat well. Again, two home runs last week, five hits, two runs. I like it. Gonzo, who'd you take pick again? I'm, I just ignored you. I'm sorry. Wow. Eloy. 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 Fuck, Jack. that's what I was going to take. He, had a, he. I love the way Eloy looked tonight at the plate. That's why I picked him. Wait, sorry, did you say something? No. <laughs> Wait, you, I thought you said you picked them before the game started. I did, but I, I just oh. reassured myself when I was watching his bats. Wow. I, re- I did like the White Sox. Com- I did like the White Sox <laughs> comeback, though, because because of that comeback, potentially you could win some money here. Uh, I went on the over on the 5.5, and I put a little parlay there with the Nationals. I'm about to get stuck with Kendall Graveman on this fucking pick. Let's go, Jay. Who you got? Uh, I'm going to go with Yvonne Calderon. This week, I feel like he's going to give me some uh, some good production. But no, in all seriousness. You want to pick uh, Rooker? No. Okay. And he's not a rookie, by the way. He's like 28 years old. Um, <laughs> I'm going with Jake Berger. I feel like with his approach swinging at pinatas, I feel like everybody needs a party in their life. Does he make the home run derby? No. No. Major League I think Robert, Robert has a better chance than than yes. Berger, unfortunately. Yes. Yeah, sorry, I think Ashlyn. both. I think both guys would put on a show, but I think Luis Robert just has raw power. Like in a home run derby, let him just open it up for like ninety swings. Yeah, yeah, you got to remember. And the second half that. numbers go. From, Ju- from July burn. from July seventh to September third, Luis Robert has been batting one sixty seven with an OPS of four twenty eight. I could see it already right now. Way, do you guys know what derby. you just left me with? What the fuck? By the way, Jake Berger <laughs> would make more money if he won the Derby than I think he would this year as a player. Man, just yes, take Tanner Banks. Right. I, I think he would. So it would be a big deal for him if he goes. Like if he, if he he's going to try to win it, but he would get paid more. Hey, Adam Hazley's back. So. <sighs> Wait, is the yeah, Popeye guy gone? Tonight. Pay attention. Is the, Pop- the Popeye guy gone? Popeye's yes. gone. Um, I'm going to take Billy Hamilton. Is that a thing? No. So, yeah. all right. Robert's not available. You took Aloy. You took Vaughn. You took Burger. I mean, yeah. fuck. The Andrews. only guy left T.A. Or is T.A., Andrews, and, and Benatendi. Or Sebi. And I don't want to take any of them. Sebi. What's up, Gavin Sheets? What about him? He's in 232. Doesn't matter. He plays for the Sox. Hmm. He don't even play first right, base anymore. They had Burger there today. All right, I'm gonna. Uh, fuck. I don't want to. But I'm gonna go with Benny. You know oh, he's gonna go deep. He's gonna go deep. 
No, I'm not taking a fucking picture on picks to click because I'm not a psychopath. He's got two stars. And I'm not desperate. I think I'm still in the lead. Oh, you are. So, very you're, easily. You're you tied, are, you are you, You're tied. You are Minnesota tied with, Twins. Tied with who? Me. You're a liar. No. Look at the standings. This guy is just... Nah, uh, just I don't know. I, did, I thought last week like Slav was like, leading by like four games. Nah, I won last week. You, you yeah, got, I think you're counting those White Sox. a bunch of BS. That yeah. was my third win, and then tonight's my fourth win. I'm sneaking back into the race. <laughs> like, I don't know. All right, if Benny, if Benny hits a home run, do I get an automatic point? Automatic. Stop automatic. that. No. Jesus. Why? Automatic point. No. Why not? No. Okay. If I change my pick to TA and he hits a home run, do I get an automatic yes. point? You get yeah, two. we can do then that. Then I take I TA. Fuck. Uh, yeah, sorry, you take, Benny. You get two. You get two. And the fact that TA has not gotten a hit in 10 days and you're taking him. If he I took him last week. No, no, but I'm saying like, again, but you're taking him another week again. Let's if do it. Yeah, run, I'll take TA. Automatically. Yeah, he hits a bomb, yeah. I get a point. Done. King Mac would be proud of you. King Mac will be very proud. TA it is. The All fact right, that shit. fans are saying they want to see Romy, Remy, whatever guy's name is, over TA. Rami? Rami oh, like Tommy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the picks this week, Chad, is I'm picking Luis Robert Jr., OJ's picking Vaughn, Jay's picking Berger, and Slav's going with TA for the hope there to get that point on a home run. That Watch him go like today. nine for 14. But, but, by the way, do you see how hard that was just to pick one player, pick the click? And <laughs> and, and Pedro Grifo wants to tell me that this team is doing great. I'm having a good time making this lineup. <laughs> He is full of it when it comes to that. This guy's like, oh, my God, who am I playing tomorrow? This and honestly, it's not like, you know, like there's five guys on the on the injured list. You're just no, like, it, oh, fuck. Like, that's what I mean. Though, is like, the only guy missing. Correct. So that's what I mean. Like, the, the fact that you could be that positive and take this, this lineup. Sucks. Like, we literally just went through four guys, and Slav was like, I don't have another pick to click. That yeah, is we concerning. Didn't, we didn't even go through Grafal's grounds to pick on Grafal pitching to Otani without any protection at all either. Whoa. That's a, that's a different stuff. I'm saying like well, he's so positive that I like it that he is. That's great, but he cannot be enjoying making this lineup right now. No. All right. Uh, what did we learn tonight, Gonzo? I learned that I'm still saying Rami over Tommy. Jay, what did we learn? <laughs> yeah, I learned that this White Sox team don't care about my happiness, and start, <laughs> good starting pitching gets wasted every day. Junior, what do we learn? I learned two things. Tim Anderson is going to be a Chicago White Sox by the end of the year still. And the fact that Dylan Cease actually has a better shot than I think that he does for the All-Star game. Because I thought my shot was just because I was being crazy because I love Dylan. But now looking at the numbers, I like really feel that he has a shot. Actually, Slav, I got to say what OJ said earlier with Tim Anderson playing through an injury that is probably worse than it is and moving the second to make the throws a little bit easier on him. That was a good point. Um, that he said, and I want to highlight that because that was very well articulated. If this was around the horn, they'd be giving you bloop, 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 points bloop, right bloop. now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I learned nothing because we suck as a podcast. Wow. Damn. Hey, Gabe begs to differ. So go screw yourself. Uh, no, I learned that actually uh, Kopek finished with seven walks tonight which was obviously not ideal, but I believe that's a career high. Um, man, rough go. I learned that it's really hard to make a pick to click when you are the fourth of four because there ain't much to choose from. All right, guys, um, that's all we got for this episode, this edition of the Blackout Show. Shout out, as always, to Juan Diego and everybody else that was in the comments. 
watching, listening. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at Blackout Show, Shy C H I, Facebook. Gonzo's doing some stuff on TikTok allegedly. There's an Instagram account. You can follow us and subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, uh, JoeSchmoPodcast.com, pretty much anywhere you consume. They call any it picture porn. They call it picture porn. Most importantly, go to uh, Guillen Grid on YouTube and subscribe to that. Um, there's a lot of great baseball content on there. For Chris Gonzalez, who's a total psychopath. For Justin Lee, who is an incestual, um, just nope, psychopath. No, not anymore. Nope, not anymore. <laughs> and Ozzy Jr., who is a uh, hereditary psychopath. I'm Slav Kobekvich, who's a tall Serbian psychopath. Thanks for listening to The Blackout Show. We'll see you next week.